0: what's
1: going on everyone and welcome back to watch time coronavirus edition because you know that big fancy expensive place that we just got set up to record the podcast in well we're not recording there anymore because it's work from home to be responsible and i'm currently recording from my setup and grace is recording from her setup over in canada
0: what's up guys oh my gosh it has been such a big week i feel like literally the whole world has changed in the last week it has and i think like for us it's completely changed our lives you know we've been super lucky but it's definitely put us in a different position i was expecting we'd be both back in the same room this week but unfortunately as the world would have it in canada I'm stranded in Canada, so for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing a little bit of a remote recording, just because hashtag social isolation, hashtag quarantine, and um, hashtag yeah, so really gonna... don't
1: want to go and deal with all the crap that looks like is going on at airports right now.
0: Seriously, do you see so... that line at O'Hare? No,
1: what? you. I'm pretty sure you were the one that linked me. It was like the it was the immigration line at one oh, of the American yes, airports, yes, yes. and it was just like. It was just like, oh, we've got a coronavirus problem, and there were literally ten thousand people packed shoulder to shoulder because they were testing people for coronavirus, and ironically, probably spreading it through that whole group. But it's anyway. like,
0: if you don't have coronavirus, let me tell you, traveling through an airport <laughs> is how you're gonna get it
1: yeah pretty much
0: but yeah it's just been an absolutely insane week and so i think we've got a bunch of podcast topics lined up for you guys over the next few weeks but for this week i think it was just difficult for us to think about talking about anything other than corona we don't want to keep it you know super negative or anything but we're going to talk about what it's meant for us what it's meant for our friends what it's meant for youtube and the creator industry as a whole and yeah go from there but i guess elliot like how was your week this week with all the news
1: I feel like this is the week where things took, like, a big turn. Like, the last seven, eight days, it feels like that's when it really went from... There were, like, there were like those multiple stages. There was, like, oh, it's this little thing in China. And then it was, like, oh, it's this big thing in China. But, you know, it's really just, you know, this thing in China. And then it was, like, all right, like sprinkling overseas a little bit. Let's be cool, let's be cool. And then it was like, okay, I mean, Italy didn't handle it very well, but we're not in Italy. It's going to be fine. And then it was like this week, I think, where everyone finally realized they were like they were like, "Oh no, this is like this isn't something we can pretend isn't a big issue. Like this is going to be a big, big issue for every single country. And whether or not, you know, it's because of hospitals getting overwhelmed or the steps countries are taking to, like, stop that from happening. I mean, I think Australia, relative to other countries, in terms of the hard measures that uh, have been taken here so far, is probably the least strict of any country i've seen really which Mm -hmm. is crazy considering it's strict but just relative to what other countries have done it's not that bad you know school's still in you can still totally go out and go out in public just like i think bars and restaurants their capacity is now a bit more restricted um but it's very much kind of i think when you when i you know when i go to work now you know because i'm still coming into the office with the other youtube guys um when when we drive in in the morning now you know I'm driving through the city at 8:30, 9 a.m on a Friday or, a thir- or just a weekday and it's like empty. you know yeah. it's not full ghost town, but it's like maybe 30 percent at like what it would normally be you know you it know is what noticeably... fully...
0: yeah you know what fully puts it in perspective for me is this weekend you, me, Liv, Vic, Rob, we're all meant to be at Miami Ultra this weekend yeah, literally yeah. so about two months ago elliot me vic and a couple others a couple of the guys from the Sidemen. vic star planned... for those wondering yeah vic star sorry um planned that we would go to miami ultra this weekend i was going to be flying in from canada elliot was going to be flying in from sydney vic and the sideman guys were going to be flying in from the uk and we planned that maybe like six weeks to two months ago i reckon and three weeks ago was when events started to be canceled, I would say. And I remember like in our group chat, we were like, oh, do you reckon Ultra will be canceled? Like, do you think it will be? And we were like, oh, maybe, maybe not. And then turns out it was. And we were like, I reckon crap.
1: general consensus was like, nah, it's going to be fine. Because there was yeah. that tweet they retweeted saying that no events will be canceled in Miami. It's all going ahead. And we were like, sweet. And then, yeah, it it got canceled. But then I remember even after it got canceled, Everyone in that group chat was still like, oh, like, you know, flights booked, guys. Let's just go to Miami and like do whatever, you know, have a bit of a time. But then then we go to Hawaii.
0: Yeah. The idea of possibly going overseas right now or possibly being on a holiday is just so completely out of the question. And I think for me, that is what like fully puts it in perspective is like literally two weeks ago, we were planning on potentially, you know, we knew that we couldn't go to Ultra. We were thinking like, maybe we'll go to Hawaii or the Bahamas because we booked the time off anyway. And now it's just like, not only the idea of leaving the country, but in the UK and Canada, the idea of leaving your bloody house is completely out of the question. And I think that's to me what highlights like how quickly this thing has just completely taken over the world.
1: Yeah, I like it's crazy for me to think that, yeah, in my brain, a week and a half ago, it was like, "Oh yeah, it will probably still go overseas." And now, just like, it is ludicrous that I, that in my brain, I'm like, "What were you doing? Like, what were you even thinking?" That's like, that's insane. Of course, yeah. that's not going to happen. You're literally and I don't not think allowed
0: I... to leave the country, no, and there's I, no I, flights.
1: Yeah, which is, it's, it's crazy. It's, I mean, like, it's good. It's good, crazy, because I'm glad people are being. uh you know, cautious. I think there seems to be like a full divide. When I look around everyone uh, in Sydney at the moment, there seems to either be a, it's it's literally like a 50-50 divide. It's either you're one of the people who's like, you know, going, washing their hands, self-isolating, working from home, being responsible, like not minimizing your interaction with others. And then I saw pictures of Bondi Beach just yesterday. Oh. packed with tens of thousands of people. And it's just like you seem to either be in the camp of this is serious. We need to self-isolate. We need to take it seriously. Or you're in the camp of, lol, I don't care about getting the cold. I'm going to get a bit of a flu. Then I'll have my immunity. And then like, I'm done. Like, it's all good. Yeah. Um, nah, Canada,
0: it's full serious now. It's like people, I think people are getting leaving there. homes Everyone is working from home. All the bars and restaurants are closed. Like I walk to work often and you walk along the street and literally every shop has a sign in the door saying like closed until further notice. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely crazy. And I I saw one tweet though on that. It was that those pictures of Bondi the other day. And uh, I saw one tweet with it, which really made me, I think that was the first time where I, it it really gave me a huge understanding of the importance of uh, social isolating which was, you know, everyone out on that beach is obviously like in their 20s and 30s, you know, enjoying summer, like showing off their, you know, mm. gym bodies and everything like that. But then the tweet was like, um, you know, the, the ignorance here is astounding. Like the group you're looking at right now just sentenced another 50 to 100 people to die, which is by all accounts probably actually not inaccurate. You know, if there are a few people in that group who have the virus. They spread it to a few other people. Who in that huge gathering those mm. few people some of them even if it's one percent take it home give it to a grandparent that grandparent then goes to a nursing home spreads it to people in that nursing home like even though the social impact within your circle can be totally negligent ne- negligible like i'm not you know do i want to get coronavirus no but as someone who is self-isolating am i like you know i'm not terrified of it because by all accounts it sounds like it'll be a bad couple of weeks but i'll get through it Mm. but the ignorance to go and do that kind of stuff when there are so many people at risk is just crazy to me and i know that um you know because i think the next thing we're going to talk about is is more the office which is like a good time to maybe switch onto that because we've had um we've really kind of changed up what we're doing in the office building as well over the past few weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty crazy and it's just wild how fast it's happened. Like a week ago, everyone was still working in the office as normal. I think we were aware of it. Like I would speak to the guys in the office every day. We'd, we'd, we'd sort of just be monitoring it, but We felt as though because we have a pretty small office, we don't have a huge amount of people in the building that it wasn't like
1: mm. Yeah, yeah. And we went through and we checked. We're like, okay, who takes public transport? No one takes public transport who's currently coming into the office. That's good. And then there was one person, Tessa, who was like, does normally take public transport. And it was like, okay, we're going to like cover your Uber costs so that you can just direct Uber to the office and minimize any kind of public interaction. A lot of wiping stuff down, a lot of hand sanitizer. And I remember like... Um, internally when we were chatting, we were like, oh, you know, like, do we want to be like work from home yet? Because by all accounts, this could drag on for months. And I feel like once you make the call to like close and send people home, like you're not going to be able to undo that for months and months and months. And I feel like on, it was was a huge... On Monday, yeah, on Monday, though, we chatted to everyone. It was like, and everyone was like, yeah, you know, like, happy to, like, we all walk or bike or Uber into the office. Um, it's a small group, so there's really not that much risk. Right now in Australia, there's only, like, a couple of hundred cases, so it's not, like, it's crazy yet. Like, and everyone was like, yep, happy to still come in. Tuesday, everything, everything changed. changed. Everything changed. And suddenly, the it literally, in the space of a day, went from everyone deciding that we wanted to keep working from the office. Because people actually like working from mm. the click office. Like people like it's, it's a fun a environment vibe. to be in. Like yeah, I I think even yeah, but anyway, long story short, on Tuesday, everyone collectively decided no, like most people are now going to be working from home. Um and I there is still a couple of people working out of the office because they were like, no, 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 they really, really want to. But um I know like internally, yeah, like every one of the people who is still in the office, of which I mean on on my level, there's a total of three or four if you include Emma. Um and on the downstairs level, uh I mean everyone's still on the downstairs level, but that's because all their recording setups are here. And also we're all YouTubers and we don't go outside. So <laughs> everyone's we are... social
0: quarantining is a lifestyle.
1: <laughs> well yeah, but like um <laughs> but actually like I, I well I know that was one of the big things we were talking about, right? It was like number one, uh, everyone in this office like it, it, you know, it's the like <laughs> meme. Like you're a YouTuber, you're a gamer, you don't go outside. No, no, no. Now it is not a meme. We literally don't go outside. <laughs> we stay inside. All day, every day, playing games. And when we're not playing games, we're probably at home ordering Uber Eats, watching Netflix. Ha, you all made fun of me, but now look who's winning. I did not have to change my lifestyle at all for this crap. Um, But but yeah, but you know, we were talking about the fact that number one, the odds people getting infected is low, is a lot lower because we're just direct commuting home, office, office, home. So we're kind of like our own little cordoned off ecosystem. Do you know what they're
0: calling them? Isolation pods. You just agree yeah. with a group of people that you don't see anyone else. So I feel like it's well, just like the office game. Yeah,
1: but that was that was the other thing that we all chatted through, which I was I was really happy that everyone had this kind of perspective. Is that the other advantage we all were like this is really important as part of what we're doing, uh, and of the part of people not going out and seeing other people is that, um, is that you know if you someone see does people. get it. Yeah, is that if, like, because we're all chatting, we're like, you know what, odds are, yeah, we'll probably get it. You know, me and Lannan and Brody were sitting downstairs the other day and it was like, yeah, you know, like, we're, we're probably going to get infected. Like, odds are relatively, you know, 50-50. But it was like, but that doesn't really matter because for us, it's obviously not as dangerous. Obviously still dangerous, and if you're young, you should take it seriously, but it's not as dangerous and also um, in the event that we do get it, we're in like our own little back and forward, forward and back from the office yeah. to home. So like, we're not really going to be risking spreading it outside that.
0: Can I say one thing though? You know who called this early? Lannan. Lannan, Lannan I... called yeah. the coronavirus as he being did. impactful to us so early. I, I can't I will tell give him you. credit. Oh my gosh. Like he's a little bit of a hypochondriac. A month and a half ago, he's a little bit of a hypochondriac sometimes, but on this one, he was completely on point. I remember China, it was happening. It was like late January. It was actually, you know when it was? It was when we were all going to Melbourne. I reckon it was the week before and he was like, shit, I don't know if I want to do a meetup up in Melbourne because, yes yeah.
1: Oh my God. It was a thing around the Australian Open. I forgot right? about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. And I remember- yeah, he we- was-
0: yeah, we got it. back from the Australian Open and I remember Tana sending me a video of them at home. I don't know if you saw this, but she sent me a video of their cupboards being stocked up with bloody toilet paper and canned food. No, 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 like... no. They
1: did not stock up on toilet paper. That's the irony. The one thing that is sold out in Australia is toilet paper. And the only thing Lannon didn't really stock up on is toilet paper.
0: Okay, but there was... a heavy supply of non-perishable foods that they stocked up on yeah. i want to say early february it's now late march like Lannon, for all his you know quirks he was a hundred percent on the ball with corona
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah no he called that early he was like well i i think i think my the things i will give Lannon props for is yeah calling the seriousness of it early Mm. Um, like I think that was he was definitely right on that. I still think on the like on the buying and the stocking up stuff thing, I'm still like, man, that is just way I, I think that's like still too overboard for me. Because Have you I'm seen like the
0: supermarkets though?
1: Every supermarket in my area fully stocked.
0: Okay, I think this is because Elliot lives in like an inner city area, and so people just yeah, don't where have everyone's very got kitchens. Yeah,
1: everyone's got tiny apartments, so no one can no one can stock up on food because <laughs> they don't have the pantry space. Yeah, well, I, I go to the supermarket, and the only thing I notice that is low supply is toilet paper. Everything else is almost <laughs> fully stocked.
0: What is it with the toilet paper thing? So, I, I heard something that was like apparently it's not necessarily that toilet paper is in super short supply, but because toilet paper takes up so much room on the shelves, it's really yeah. noticeable when they're in low supply, so it causes like a panic cycle.
1: I think it's also just that like it yeah, it's it's not that we don't have enough toilet paper in the country, it's that just shipping it in at the rate people are buying it is not even possible and i think the like i i know for me like ordinarily like i'm not panic buying toilet paper because i am worried about the plague you know i am but now because everyone else is worried about the plague and panic buying toilet paper i'm like well goddamn all (laughs) these crazy people buying all my toilet paper i don't want (laughs) to run out of toilet paper i need to buy toilet paper you know, like it's actually—it's a really lethal cycle, though. Like, although you see some people who are like absolute scum trying to buy it and then scalp sell it, which that is, is
0: bizarre. Uh, like, yeah. literally, it's 2020, and people are scalping toilet paper. Like, what? Bro, is if the you world told me that's where in?
1: this year was going, if that's where—if you told me in January, Dude. in three months people are going to be on the side of the road scalping toilet paper, I would have been like, what? is wrong with you what have you taken (laughs) get get just get your you need to get your life together man you're out of control but like yeah the where this year has gone Nah, this has been a crap year we got we got aussie bushfires we we lost kobe now we got this like what is going on dude
0: yeah i know we just need a little bit of a fast forward button right now
1: 2020 hitting different But on the topic of panic buying, the one thing I remember, and I had a big, I had a big thing. (laughs) Me and Landon went back and forth so many times over the past few months talking about his, like, buying up stocks and supplies. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I get having a little bit of extra food lying around. I think that's smart. I got some cans in the cupboard as well, like, chilling. (laughs) But the one thing where I was like, I was like, look, like, I think this is where you cross the line is he was buying up fresh water (laughs) supplies. Like, literal like, canisters of fresh water and I was like, why? And he was like, what if the water supply goes out? And I was like, bro, if Sydney City loses its water supply, you best believe I'm I'm not in Sydney City anymore. I'm not here. <laughs> if, if literally a city of millions of people descends into a state of anarchy where there is no toilet paper, no water, <laughs> no food, I'm not in Sydney anymore. I'm on the way to the farm in Victoria, and I'm going to chill out there and wait out the apocalypse.
0: But, you know,
1: but, but also he did make a good point, which the point that I, that I got accredited him for, um, and to be, to be clear, I don't think Lanham was really panic buying. He was like, he didn't go out and buy like 48, like 12 packs of toilet paper. He literally just like stocked up on like the right amount of food you might need to like self-isolate for like a month or two. Um, and to be fair, he probably
0: doesn't have that much in his pantry at the best of times anyway. So he was probably just stocking up to a normal amount.
1: And the other good point he made is, you know, like, obviously, like, we've got, you know, Lana's got disposable income, you know, he's he's got a little couple of extra dollars in the bank. Signed he's, like, a YouTube deal. literally signed a YouTube deal. Thanks, Grace. <laughs> um, no, but, like, you know, uh, but, you know, has a few extra dollars in the bank and, like, stocking up on a very healthy supply of food is, say, $500 to $1,000, which, like, obvious which which for him isn't isn't really a dent and it provides a peace of mind that's worth it so ultimately at the end of the day Lannon called coronavirus early he was pretty pretty uh right on how big it would become um and he has the supplies to survive the apocalypse so if anything goes wrong people party at lanon's house because he's got all the canned food
0: bloody crazy it's wild times but i guess taking it a bit more to how it affects like us and our friends and like the world that we're in with YouTube and content and that sort of thing. I feel like that's been a massive topic of discussion amongst our friends and creators and that sort of thing over the last week, because yeah. obviously just the impact on the economy with this, like the health aspect is one thing.
1: Wild.
0: The financial aspect is another, like the whole economy mind my French is going to be completely fucked after this. I don't know. I genuinely don't know how a lot of small businesses are going to survive. I read a stat the other day that was saying that 25% of small businesses won't be able to survive more than one month earning 50% of their normal revenue. And already so many businesses are earning like 50% of their revenue. The hospitality business, I just like, I don't know what people are going to do. Like, how businesses are going to pay rent?
1: Well, you think about, um, you think about how, like, you know, the failure rate of most restaurants and cafes is already oh. like really, really high. You then put the stress of something like this, which will impact over. Like, this is like anyone who thinks this is not still going to be having a serious impact on day-to-day life in six months from now is crazy. Like this is going to be going for months and months and months and months and months. Yeah. Whether or not it's full social social isolation or whether it's just like a severe decrease in people wanting to go outside it like it'll be both. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I was chatting to um, cause the, the guy who runs our local cafe, his kids were like fans. And um, uh, for the kid's birthday, I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Like I'll give them a little like office tour. Took him through the office, and I was like chatting to him because, um, you know, they've just put these new laws in, which are if you're a cafe or a restaurant or a pub or anything, you're mm-hmm. allowed one patron. Your new max capacity is one patron, or oh, sorry, is one person per five meters squared. His cafe is forty meters squared. He is allowed to have a total of eight people in there at any one time. But keep in mind, you got a barista, you got a chef, you got him so three staff already taken, he can have five patrons in this cafe. It literally doesn't make sense. In a cafe that would normally sit 30 to 40. Like, well, I mean, it may, yeah, but like...
0: If he's paying the staff, he's got to be paying the staff like 20 bucks an hour each. Therefore he's paying, like, if he's got him, a barista, a chef, he's paying minimum 60 an hour in wages. And therefore you can only have five people. Like it just... The maths does not work out, and that's no. in Australia, in Canada, and the US right now. All restaurants and bars aren't even allowed to sit anyone; they're only open for takeaway right now. Only open yeah. for takeaway, like I mean, I just you just can't survive as a business like that.
1: No, I mean, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm keen to talk about the YouTube stuff, but yeah, like I mean, before I, I think there's so much to talk about on how it's impacting. Every industry other than youtube i think especially in my circle i have a lot of friends who work in the service industry you know so they're like yeah restaurants bars all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and you know they're suddenly looking at you know number one these restaurants even even if they're not legally forced to close just from pure practicality being forced to close because if you're a restaurant that has a capacity of you know 500 people which is kind of what you budgeted, you need to actually cover the operational costs to make a small profit. If you're suddenly cutting that to like, oh, you can now only have 30 people in here. What yeah. do you do? Like it, it, it's going to reach a point where even if the government doesn't mandate that you need to shut, just like expense wise, you can't afford to operate. So now yeah. you've got, yeah, all these people, their hours are being cut, their jobs are being cut. So many people in the service industry are just casual, you know, they're, yeah. they're not on like salaried things. They're, they're just casual employees and um and for parents
0: as well like if you're a parent and then now suddenly in the u.s and canada and the uk all the schools are closed like you've got to look after your kids you literally can't go to work because you have to stay home to look after your kids yeah it's crazy and then i was even thinking i was like wow if you're a bricks and mortar store you're pretty screwed right now you know because you're gonna have to pay rent and there's literally no one coming in but then i was like shit even if you're an online store, you're in a really tough position because say you're like an online retailer or something. I was thinking like, oh, everyone's going to be home, online shopping. But then I was like, all of the production that comes out of China is pretty messed up right now. A lot of people like just can't ship out of China. So everything's delayed. And then if people aren't making money, the first thing to go is people spending money on stuff that isn't necessary, like online shopping or any of that sort of thing. So I feel like while there are some industries that might succeed in times like now, like maybe the supermarkets and stuff, like ultimately this just isn't good for anyone.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And I I even know like a lot of supermarkets um, were saying that, you know, even though, and I'm sure, look, I I don't think it's going to hurt supermarkets as much, but also I I was listening to an interview with like the CEO of Woolworths, which is one of the big chains in Australia. and, um, And he was saying that, uh, you know, while obviously short-term demand is up by a huge amount, and that's you know bottom-line figures, a win. Mm. Ultimately, in six months from now, if everything calms down, there's going to be a bunch of people who are sitting at home with all these non-perishables like toilet paper, and they're just not going to buy toilet paper for the next like three years.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's like an there will number.
1: there will be yeah there will be an equalization. Obviously, like maybe not all the way to balance it out, but you know in the in the long term it it should be pretty even for supermarkets yeah um,
0: and then even yeah. like businesses you know getting closer to like what we do a lot of how click management makes money is through working with brands and you know negotiating brand deals that sort of thing and i think one of the first things to go like when there's a lot of uncertainty is brands and companies spending money on anything that's not essential and unfortunately like although marketing is really valuable, it's not necessarily an essential cost. And so over the last week, like I've definitely noticed a heap of campaigns being canceled or like indefinitely postponed or everyone's working from home. And so people are just adjusting to like new work environments and everything's been slow the past week. Yeah, And so I think like, even for us, like when this first started, Happening, I was thinking, oh, we're in a pretty digital industry, we'll be fairly safe. This will impact everyone. Like, we're a mostly online business. We're so lucky already that most of our staff can work from home. But even for us, The marketing side of things is going to be heavily impacted and then obviously we run the click channel and we do click videos and that sort of thing and it's really hard to make click videos if everyone's in social isolation so it's required like trying to be very creative in terms of figuring out video ideas that people can shoot individually from home without us all being together so yeah it's it's definitely not easy
1: no no i think i think the impact as a whole is huge i mean i think it's interesting when you look at you know talking about ad spend because i know that like in all my youtuber groups it's been like a big topic of conversation Mm. about how corona is going to impact you know like the career of a youtuber obviously like off the bat very clear to establish youtubers are in the very lucky and fortunate position of being a lot less impacted by this than the vast majority of jobs. You can almost, work from almost
0: literally anyone, I would say. Because yeah. I was even thinking, like, I was reading the other day that, like, all movies have had to stop production, all TV shows yeah. have had to stop production. So it totally throws out their timelines. Like, musicians can't go on tour. It's not a good time for them to release albums because they can't do any press release or, like, PR around yeah. it. It's really tough. And I think YouTube is one of the only people whose work can go relatively unscathed, like your ability to create content isn't impacted at all by this really. Like you can still get to the office and make videos because you just make videos on your own computer by yourself and you can get them digitally edited. Like you can put them in a Google Drive for your editor and stuff. And in many ways, I do think like viewership will be pretty strong on the platform. Like I think on the whole viewership is pretty strong right now um, because a lot of kids are home Everyone's home, so people are just online more. I don't know, like, have you noticed over the past week, like, viewership increasing at all? Yeah, I, I think it's
1: hard to, to track. I know from talking to, um, you know, I think it's, it's not necessarily as useful to look at it in the trends of an individual channel, because you can have a good week or a bad week. Like, that happens all the time where your views can jump up and down by 20%. Mm. Uh, but I know that we were talking to a few people like from the actual YouTube team and they were saying that the impact of uh, Japan uh, when it cancelled all schools it was the same as summer holidays like the normal impact that summer holidays has on YouTube viewership I mean it's essentially like a bunch of kids who are now at home uh, you know same as they would be on holidays except probably even more so because they can't really go outside as much so you've just got a, lo- a large, large group of most people's like core demographic who are now at home watching YouTube. So yeah, generally I think on YouTube, you're going to see a, an uptick in views. Like in in a weird way, it's a good thing for YouTubers in like a business, in a business sense, like viewership is going up. The one thing that's going to be interesting to see how that counterbalances it is uh, ad spend. So like you said, you know, advertisers are spending less on like campaigns and advertising mm-hmm. whatever, because obviously less money's being spent. Um, and obviously YouTubers make money on ads. So if there's less ads and those ads are worth less, then we in turn, even with more views, you know, our views could go up 20%, but then ad revenue or ad spend could go down by like 50%. And then obviously it's still a loss, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting it to be relatively even. I think we'll see an uptick in views, a downtick in ad spend. And I think most YouTubers are going to be relatively, not impacted by. I mean, you know what's interesting though that I just thought. I did not think about that before this episode. What do you do if your city goes in lockdown, and you're a David Dobrik, or like a vlogger? Like, I, uh, vloggers are actually very creative. I'm sure they could think of a. Especially David Dobrik, he'll just blow oh, some stuff up in his be backyard. <laughs> he will blow things up in his backyard, but. It is super interesting. Yeah. Like thinking about the different areas of YouTube and how travel vloggers. Oh uh, yeah. Travel travel vloggers. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a rough <laughs> one a for a little <laughs> while. It's going to be like showing their trip down to the corner store.
0: Who else is going to be challenged by that from a YouTube perspective? Because I was watching, I was actually watching Logan Paul's podcast earlier, which I've started to watch a bit more. I actually like I think he's doing a really good job with that but he's like got his studio set up in his house which is really lucky but so true i feel like there are so many youtubers that kind of rely on being out and about as well to get their content
1: yeah no no i think that i think that'll be interesting but um, the gamers
0: are in a good spot the
1: gamers are in a good spot we do what we always do (laughs) we sit at home we play video games we don't go outside much (laughs) and we upload stuff to the internet that's that's the job although you know what's actually crazy this week, which has been the craziest part about this whole thing, is, um, which is something that probably if you're American, you don't probably think about as much. Cause I realized if I was American, like most YouTubers are, um, you know, you don't like exchange rate never even enters your mind unless you're oh flying overseas God. going on holiday. But Australia, because australia exports a lot right um so you know i think the basic economics of it are if i can remember my year 12 is like we export a lot china obviously and internationally with coronavirus everything's slowing down less building less construction less everything so we're exporting less therefore the, like long story short the australian dollar is going down a lot i think a a month and a bit ago, or like two months ago, say, the Australian dollar was uh, about 75 cents uh, on to the USD. So one Australian dollar would get you 75 cents in USD, um, which uh, means Economics that, you Economics
0: know, if... class with Muselk.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, guys. <laughs> yeah, but long story short, you know, if I were to turn 1,000 USD into Australian dollars, I'd get maybe, what, like 1,300 Australian yeah. dollars. Whereas over the past week and a half... The AUD has crashed. I think it reached 55 cents. It's gone back up a tiny bit since then, but it reached 55 cents just the other day, which would mean if I were to change $1,000 USD into AUD, I would have used to have gotten $1,300. Now I would get more like $1,800. So literally I have just been gifted an extra $500 from the exchange rate. Now you're almost getting paid double what you're getting paid in USD which is crazy. Like the impact of exchange rates is wild. And that's actually one thing where I, you know, if you're actually going to isolate down what is an ideal career to be in during coronavirus, it is being not just a YouTuber, but an Australian YouTuber or maybe gaming Australian YouTuber. Oh my God. I'm so lucky. (laughs) But, but But it 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 is. It's one of those weird things that, like, um, that yeah, where you know there are. It's it's such a like yeah crappy thing happening around the world. But um yeah, Australian so what do you
0: reckon? And what do you reckon on people making content on coronavirus? Because I feel like this is kind of a controversial thing. And I realize the irony as we make a podcast talking about coronavirus, but it's literally the biggest thing in the world right now. And I think that's why in many ways it's impossible for people not to talk about it because this is probably the biggest thing that's ever happened in our lifetimes in terms of a global impact and it probably will be the biggest thing that ever happens in our lifetimes touch wood because i don't know if the world could handle a whole lot more right now but i think yeah. in the past people have copped a lot of criticism for making content or any suggestion that people are trying to profit off bad things just, happening yeah. in the world and i've seen a little bit of criticism i saw that obviously like youtube was pretty quickly demonetizing anything that spoke about coronavirus about a week ago. I think they've now changed that, but I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about people like making content or joking that like, who's going to be the first YouTuber to get coronavirus or like licking toilet seats to see if they can get coronavirus. Cause it'd be like great content.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, I, I mean, for me, I, I think it obviously it comes down to, I think what that content is and the spirit of that content, I love how mm. you take a sip of wine whenever I talk, so that no one can see. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, not whenever Guys, I talk; it's, it's like been one glass. ATM all right, over here, okay. <laughs> yeah, so just sipping on a glass of wine. Um, no, I mean, like, I, I think really, when it comes down to right now, content being made about coronavirus, I think it's interesting, and it's gone through stages where, obviously, initially, I think a lot like Ebola, even Ebola, people would joke about a lot. And I think I even still see people make the occasional meme talking about Ebola. And I think coronavirus was very much like that initially where it was like the whole thing was a big online meme, you know, like it's even a little bit still right now. It's like, it's Corona time, you know, that whole like TikTok thing going around. Um,
0: Have you heard that Cardi B song that's in the charts right now, by the way? No. Oh my god, I'm going to link you to it after, but basically she made an Instagram video like talking about corona in her true Cardi B way and someone remixed it and it's now like number 15 on the R&B charts or something.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, but for me I think right now when it comes down to yeah, content on coronavirus, do I think it's inherently bad? No. In fact, I think a lot of the time it's really good. There's so much stuff about coronavirus that it's so important to have content made on Mm -hmm. I think you know not to you know like fluff up but I think stuff like this is really important I think talking about it in the light that we're doing about it yeah in a very like factual straightforward way um you know stuff like you see with like Philip DeFranco doing like news stories on it CNN BBC a lot of like stuff where basically like responsible coverage of it I think is Mm. really really important because I think that Talking about the facts, talking about, you know, making sure that, number one, people understand the seriousness of it, which is super important, and then counterbalancing that with also not building people into hysteria. So making sure people understand, like, to the facts that it is seriously dangerous and stuff like, no, it probably won't, like, kill you if you're a healthy adult, but at the same time, you do pose a huge risk to people who are potentially vulnerable, therefore you need to treat it like it could deal serious damage to you um but then you know so i think i think that kind of content actually really really valuable and really really important i think that where uh where content is bad is stuff like um yeah basically that trivializes it you know is like you know like for example the licking the toilet seat clip that was going around or people making content being like you know like Ain't going to let Corona get me down. Let's go to St. Patrick's Day. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. I, where Or I like think pretending
0: that, you know... to sneeze on people in the train. I saw that oh. and I was just like, oh my God, you're an actual yeah. idiot.
1: Yeah, yeah. But 100%. I think in some
0: ways, like creators almost, if you have an influence, I think it's really important that in times like this, the, the word is getting out there that people understand the seriousness of it like you were saying and they understand how important doing things like social distancing are so for example if you could go on Instagram and do an Instagram story to a million people and say hey guys like remember to stay the fuck inside that's really good I actually think that's a really responsible thing to do because you know, we read the news and we're lucky that we're like relatively well informed, but a lot of people aren't. And a lot of young people who are able to make a difference with doing things like social distancing don't read the news yet just because, you know, you're young, you just don't. Um, so yeah. I think if, if they can get the word from, from influencers or creators that they follow, then that's like a good thing. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, we always talk about the like impact and like you say, influence that, you know, you have in this job. And mm-hmm. I think now it's like a good opportunity to actually do something good with that. I think um I think the part for me where yeah I mean there's obviously the far end of the spectrum where it's like you know factual socially responsible stuff the opposite far end of the coronavirus content which is licking toilet seats which is obviously a no-go for me the the gray area right now is um you know the more kind of you know not not dismissive but lighthearted stuff you know like the yeah. coronavirus on like like it's corona time on TikTok because I think that you know, that like I- I'm 50 50 because I-, I don't think it should be trivialized and I think it should be taken seriously. But on the other hand, you know, you can understand in a time where everyone's like pretty down and pretty like sad and everything feels kind of like horrible, that you know, a little bit of levity can be a yeah. nice thing. I, I
0: think, think it's the two just about. don't have to be mutually exclusive.
1: No, no, yeah. I think it's about, it's where, you know, it's not that you can only make serious content on coronavirus it's that if you are going to do something more upbeat and lighthearted on the topic you need to do it in a way that doesn't convey the wrong message yeah. you know like i think i think you know there's that stuff you know like content that's like talking about you know like oh you know me after five days in social isolation it's just them going completely like bananas doing like weird stuff you know that isn't inherently damaging to me because that's just no. like you're making fun of the fact that social isolation sucks and everyone's going to go insane but um, you know, you're not you're not inherently saying like, "lol, coronavirus not a threat, go out and do whatever." So I think yeah. I think really when it comes down to the content that people can be making around this, it's it's just very. You have to be careful. You have to be tactful, and you need to give like a lot of thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it was interesting, like seeing how YouTube at the start was not monetizing or taking down any content that spoke about coronavirus. Yeah. And I saw that be pretty heavily criticized on Twitter and social media and that sort of thing being like, oh, they're censoring or they don't want the word to get out there or, you know, they're not allowed to be- allowing me to monetize anything that even talks about corona. But I actually saw it from a different side. And I think like social media platforms have to be really careful these days in terms of making sure that they don't forward the spread of any fake news and i think yeah. as well like from past things that have gone wrong like apocalypse times and that sort of thing advertisers hate being associated with any contra- anything that's controversial yeah and, so and it from also on that side I quite understand why when content is coming out at such a rapid rate on YouTube they really just can't afford for any advertisers to find their ads on any content that might be you know pushing an agenda that's fake news or yeah. really not factual
1: Yeah it removes the financial incentive behind doing anything you know like creating an outrage headline that might not be factual just to get more clicks
0: True that's and it also, such a good point
1: Yeah. And it also, um, yeah, like you said, at times like this more than ever, as much as people don't like it, you need to, YouTube needs to like defend its advertising kind of campaigns. So, you know, same time when adpocalypse happened, right? You saw YouTube go heavily on the defensive of what it Mm. would demonetize and monetize. And that's because, and people, I, I think a lot of the time people don't think about this. But and, it, and it's one of those unfortunate truths, which is that YouTube is actually in a position where they have to do that. Because if they don't do that, then you're not only going to see some videos demonetized. If advertisers lose faith that their ads are being put in places they don't want them, then they're not going to lose money on just a couple of demonetized videos. They're just going to stop spending. They're going to be yeah. like, we don't want to advertise on YouTube. So like, true. You guys can't control. And it sucks that in the short term, a lot of people who are making great content get harmed from that. But also, I'm actually always pretty sympathetic that YouTube is trying to convince millions of companies to spend billions of dollars on their platform. And they can't do that if they can't, You know, because they're competing with TV and on TV, it's like you are putting your ad on a PG program. Your ad will show for exactly 30 seconds at exactly this time to approximately this many people. YouTube's like, yeah, look, give us a few mil. We're going to chuck it roughly on this demographic and it could be on a bunch of videos. We don't really know which ones yet. You know, like they have to try and provide certainty on a platform that is generally speaking a lot more uncertain than what advertisers are used to.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think it'll be really interesting to see what advertisers do in general. I did hear that Coke through a little birdie that we know coke's actually basically pulling their advertising worldwide for the time being purely because not only do they not want to spend money in a time during uncertainty but they actually just feel like it's inappropriate to show ads where people are like together in groups and being really happy yeah like and
1: that's like coke's whole thing coke's whole thing is share a coke yeah, you know, like a share, Coke <laughs> oh Coke. share a Coke is Coke.
0: Do not share a Coke, people! Sh- right now,
1: <laughs> do not do that.
0: Imagine a Share a Coke campaign coming out right now. Everyone oh would just my be my like, "It would just be such bad taste." But it's actually true, and I remember like I've I've seen a bit on social media as well this week, like people coming out with like influencers coming out with paid campaigns that they've been doing and that sort of thing, and. And explaining to the audience they were like this was organized ahead of coronavirus you know like and i think it will be interesting to see how creators respond to doing like brand deals and that sort of thing during this time because i feel like at least for now while it's also new and sudden i think the idea of anyone sort of like making money or profiting in any way feels a bit off yeah i mean i think it might I think it will have to adjust in the coming weeks as this becomes the new normal, at least for a while, because people have literally got to pay the bills, you know? But yeah, I think it will be interesting to see like what happens on that side of things as well.
1: You know, another really interesting, we well, not interesting. It's kind of like a sad thought. I mean, but it was just, you know, I was thinking early today, because obviously we did the bushfire fundraiser a few months ago and yeah. that raised like a really good amount of money. And I was like, Oh, you know, you could do another one for, um, coronavirus. But The crazy thing that just got stuck in my brain was just like, what are you fundraising for? Like, like in in the sense that it felt like with the fires, you know, like a million dollars, Mm. a few million dollars, that puts like a dent, you know, absolutely doesn't solve the problem entirely. It's a billion dollar issue, but the bushfires were like, you know, a billion dollar issue, or, you know, they were like a two to three billion dollar issue. Yeah. I don't know if I'm getting that number right. But, you know, you could put a number on that. Yeah. And you could be like, okay, that is the issue. This is making a small dent in that issue. Coronavirus just feels like this... Tsunami. Tsunami that's just, like, unassailable. Yeah. And and that, you know, like, even... And if, if, if every single YouTuber in the country would have put together some huge fundraiser and we would have raised, like, two, three million dollars, whatever, it would literally be, like, me holding up, like... A candle, as like a tsunami comes at me, and it's like, aha, this will, this will, yeah. this will stop it. And it's just like, and, that's and not it's to like,
0: discourage anyone from trying to do what they can, or helping, or making any donations during this time because it's not. But I think no. like what you're trying to say is it's just the the scope of it just feels so. It just
1: feels it feels crazy. But I think that it was like you know leading on from that topic of conversation. I think where I ended up coming to with that thought process is that you know more than ever now is a time that requires so many people to come together because no yeah. longer is, you know, just a few people doing a couple of little fundraisers going to make any dent because it won't. The only way that you can make a dent in this thing is by the whole world actually doing stuff together. And that's not only talking about like fundraisers or donating money. It's everything down to social isolation, not going to Bondi Beach just because it's a really nice sunny Friday mm-hmm. afternoon and you've got work from home and you don't have to be in the office today. Like, not doing that. Just, like, the little things wherever you can, I think, are going to be what makes such a big difference on, you know, an yeah. issue as huge as this. It's no longer it's no longer the kind of thing where it's like, you know, oh, that's not my problem, but I'm going to donate a bit of money and, you know, that'll help. Mm. It's like, this is everyone's problem. Everyone has a part to play, financial and otherwise, and it it's starts so right now. It's
0: so hard though, like it's so hard because I feel conflicted where I feel like the things that are gonna help the health aspect of the issue, which are things like social isolation or social distancing, um, are the things that are also going to really hurt the economy. Like for example, I felt I feel so much for the small businesses, like small businesses are going to suffer through this. And so, for example, like today I was walking into the office and I was like, oh, I want to like stop and get a coffee. And I want to like buy food from the local place and, you know, order dinner from somewhere and like support these small businesses that I know are going to struggle. But at the same time, it's like doing that stuff is exactly what you shouldn't be doing for the health aspect. So I don't know. It's really tough. It's also crazy how these terms like social distancing that literally I don't think I'd ever used that term two weeks ago are now part of everyone's vocabulary all of a sudden.
1: Crazy times.
0: Just wild. What do you reckon's going to be impacted like long term from this? For example, like I've been cooking a whole lot more the past week or everyone's like, Ordering more groceries using like online ordering systems, that sort of thing, or like staying in more, working from home more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if working from home more will be a thing. I definitely think more people are going to probably learn to cook and learn they probably enjoy cooking a little bit during this kind of time. So I think that, you know, that's one of the big things I've been seeing that goes up. I think people's, yeah, personal habits, maybe slightly more working from home, slightly more cooking from home. I think in a year, things probably won't be too different. I think the really interesting thing for me is I was watching this really awesome TED talk by Bill Gates on mm-hmm. on um on kind of, you know, pandemics. Yeah, And he was saying that, you know, it's, you know, you look at the spend right now. Dude, that's right been now. coming up
0: in my recommended on YouTube oh, it's, literally it's good. every day this week.
1: It's good <laughs> because he, like, and he makes a really good point, which is right now, you know, the governments when they're funding, they're thinking about, you know, you know, the next war and how they need to build more intercontinental ballistic missiles and how they need to build more tanks and fund more soldiers and buy more guns. And that's the war they're planning for. And his whole thing was the war that is actually coming, and he he said this like five, six years ago. He was like, the war that is really going to destroy the world is not guns and missiles. It's going to be a pandemic. And right now the US government it has its budget for the cdc is two percent of what they spend of the budget of the pentagon so which is like so I, i i think the change i'm more interested to see is how governments as a whole respond to uh you know kind of like changing everything so if this were to happen again god forbid that we'd actually be able to, you know, lock things down faster and maybe, you know, fast-track certain treatments and cures and whatever whatever we can do. But I, I'd be, yeah, really interested to see, long story short, how, like, governments change yeah. after this. Yeah, but for real. Um, yeah, I mean, long story short, guys, some guy in China ate a pangolin that got bitten by a bat and now we're all stuck inside. It's so, actually
0: nuts. Like, just yeah. nuts that, like, this is... In three months, the entire world's changed. But literally, I don't know. It's I feel all like crazy. Even f- yeah, <laughs> fucking crazy. Anyway, guys, I think that about wraps us up for this week. We're obviously going to be doing these more distant, um, digital podcasts for you guys for the next who knows how long until we can get back in the same place. Miss you, bro. <laughs> Wish we were in but, Miami right now, but not actually. Oh I'm glad God. that we're alone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Don't want to be at Ultra right now.
0: We want to not talk about Corona every single week, though. You know, we want to bring this back to what it's all about. YouTube, this social media. This is now media. a coronavirus
1: podcast. <laughs> we will only give you your weekly coronavirus updates right here on Watch Time. Don't forget to hit subscribe, follow the podcast on whatever thing you're watching it on. Because all the Corona info is right here. It's your hub.
0: It's your So... Spot let us know actually though for real like what topics you want us to do over the next couple months i think i'm really motivated more than ever with everyone being inside more we need more good content out there so we want to bring you some of that each week so tell us what you're looking for and until next week remember to subscribe like follow on the platform that you're listening on and we'll all the you guys. <laughs> bye guys see you next week